sound effects for you. <laughs> My name is Juan. You already know that. I'm joined today with Tom and Stephanie Arba of Arete Group. Arete, Arete Group, yeah. I always want to <laughs> like I'm rounding up the troops. I mean, that's essentially what you guys are doing. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad you guys took some time out of your busy schedules to sit down and, um, you know, help uh, spread the word on what you guys are doing here, um, what it's done for me and uh, the progress that we kind of continue to make. So um, I know, Tom, you've been on the show before. If you guys haven't seen his episode, he makes me cry. So go back and, uh, and uh, listen to that. And um, I'll let Stephanie take center stage here mm. and kind of explain the group, maybe a little bit of background of you since people can be familiar with Tom. Yeah, so I have been coaching um, specifically women for a really long time, 15 years that I've spent a lot of time working with them, building businesses, building um, confidence, building their leadership skills. And so when we got to see the possibility of doing this together, um, we've actually coached alongside each other for years and years and years, but this is is just a very special thing to us to be able to have um, this company and to be able to do what we do with it because it creates such a huge impact so quickly that that was one of the things we fell in love with. And we were like, we want to see this impact other people's lives. Like everybody yeah. needs this. And to see this kind of shift and to see it lasting change and quick change was huge. And so we kind of revamped a lot of things recently to be able to to launch this company. And we are just so excited about partnering people with people and just the the incredible impact we've already seen. Yeah. So it's just... It's a, it's kind of a special baby to us that we just love. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the quick change that you mentioned, mm -hmm. it's people can see that in two different ways. Quick, well, it might not be lasting, then, but you did mention lasting. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the way that it, the program goes around making that change and, and the lens that you view everything through Yeah, is much more uh, forgiving. Mm. It's much more encouraging. And I think if, um, you know, because you can get quick change from like the direct, like, beat something down yeah um but that won't be lasting because you can't keep that up you can't continue being under that that self-inflicted stress at that point yeah um so people can be like oh it's quick oh is it gonna actually be something i can take going forward and and the be surprised <laughs> it is you can yeah. because you always just reframe um, your, your outlook and everybody knows that outlook is everything. And yeah. I think that's what this program helps you to understand when your outlook needs to be readdressed, rechanged, recalibrated. Yeah. And that's what allows you to maintain yeah. the long lasting changes. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest reasons that I've seen it change so rapidly for people is that you don't necessarily have to change your entire lifestyle. You're mm -hmm. not, you're not like starting from scratch and doing a full about face, you're integrating a new way of doing life that you're already doing. So most of our clients are already on a positive trajectory. They're already moving in the direction that they want to go. Mm -hmm. They just might be in the wrong gear and mm -hmm. this helps them shift into the, the correct gear. And that's why it's so, so sudden for them. They're already taking the strengths and um, what they already have and uh, just being able to utilize it better because they're making just subtle changes that have a, a dramatic effect. The rippling. Yeah. Rippling of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awareness. Mm. And that's the big thing is like when you're, when you're kind of in that fog of your momentum, which 100% guilty of and all that, mm. um, just going. The, the life just sends you and you're like, okay, you're almost like, um, like, like I guess a hot air balloon, maybe just like a, a, a paraglide where you're kind of at the mercy of the winds. Mm. And as they change, it's like you have to be prepared for that. Right. And I think what this allows you to do is, 
again, reframe it and then be able to address it and be aware of your shortcomings where these tools, which are defense mechanisms from mm-hmm. our childhood, they helped us, but now they're starting to hinder us because we're not children anymore. Yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah. They served you until they no longer serve you. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to make some adjustments. And part of where this came from too is that as an entrepreneur, I had run at a breakneck pace for decades mm-hmm. um, to the point where it was physically wrecking my body. It was challenging relationships. Like it just wasn't, I wasn't running in a healthy way. And then I'd reached a ceiling. And so it was as I started to shift through this and shift into this new way of doing it that's a it's it's sustainable. It's something that it's not that grind in that same way. It doesn't mean I don't work hard, but it's not that same grind. Yeah. It's not the the judgment piece we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. And that I saw that shift then so quickly and all of a sudden my relationships got better and my business grew and all of these results started shifting and I wasn't exhausted. And we see this for so many people who have these huge goals and things that they want to build. And then they're just exhausted. They're dropping balls, whether it's with the family or it's with their personal life or any type of health stuff. And they can't keep all the plates spinning, but it's really, it's not about all the plates. They're trying to force it all. And that's what, like you said, we can't sustain. And so that was part of this birth for us is to see that too, that so many people we know that are in leadership that are running businesses that are entrepreneurs that are doing life and they're just tired they're tired and they're worn out and we want more for them yeah yeah and that and it's counterintuitive the way that's done because you have to take a step back right Mm -hmm. you have to take a step back and just say hey you think that it's it's go 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 nose to the grindstone and all that but that only works for a so long and then ultimately it's like you kind of look back and you're like what's the cost yeah, yeah i i kind of got where i'm where maybe i wanted to be mm-hmm. and but what's the cost like what's the mayhem look behind me <laughs> you know yeah and we have so many clients we do we ask that of like what what is staying stuck in this place operating in this way long term like what is it costing you because we don't always pause to look at that mm-hmm. right we're just mm-hmm. going we're towards the goal we're handling all the family stuff we're running around in circles we're doing all the things we're doing all the things and but what in the end is it truly costing you and are you going to look back and be glad you ran it that way so as an entrepreneur what's the the slogan with an entrepreneur right you're your own business Mm -hmm. and so if you start looking at it as like okay you're your own business now what's the cost that you're paying for you to operate this way yeah and if you would view it in that sense then it would make sense as a business where it's like how am i paying more in shipping than I'm making by shipping these. And that, I think that's yeah. kind of where we're at as, 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 you know, as the U S what we do is like, it's hard work. It's all hard work. Mm-hmm. Hard work gets it done. Um, and you're supposed to be overworked and that mm-hmm. means that you're really going after it. Yeah. I think there's a smarter way to do it these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the, the, the tragedy of it all is that we socially reward people for burning themselves out. Yeah. We, we celebrate that and we, we applaud it. And then on the backside of it, we talk about self-care and making sure you take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. me working in healthcare, I see that all the time. We'll, we'll talk to people about self-care, but then uh, ask them to work double shifts and then socially reward them for uh, not having good boundaries. And uh, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, right? It's you're, you're put into this this bind that you can't get out of as an employee or as an entrepreneur, because if you're not hustling, then you you have no sympathy from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when somebody burns themselves out, we kind of you know shake our head, tisk tisk. They should have known better. <laughs> yeah. But 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 like as a society, we have we have encouraged that. Yeah. We've talked about hey. Burn yourself at, at both ends of the, the candle and burn yourself out. And then once you're gone, you're forgotten immediately. And it's just, it's, it's such a tragedy that we have within our culture that, that we celebrate that as opposed to hard work. Absolutely. I celebrate hard work. I encourage hard work in my children. I encourage hard work in myself. I, I work hard when I'm there. But being able to be in the right gear and being able to, um, be aware and present in those moments as opposed to just having them fly by and where we're just kind of shoving ourselves through, have our head down the entire time. 
is is really what this is coming from is it's not saying hey relax go on the beach and and you know yeah. you don't have to do anything anymore mm-hmm. hard work still pays dividends and and you there are going to be seasons where hustle is required but it just doesn't have to always be that all the time um and we don't have to be under stress to be succeeding yeah I think it would be a good thing for people to acknowledge that are listening um, or that come across your work. And it's like, well, I'm getting results. And it's like, okay, but imagine the team that you could build around you, the the longer lasting, the better overall, like work, life balance, and just happiness in, in there if, okay, you know how to get results, right? Now let's go ahead and focus on what we talk about, like, it seems silly to see it, but like feelings, how people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, cause at the end of the day, we are very expressive beings and our feelings and our emotions control a lot of what, you know, how we feel in our day to day. And if someone can feel good by being around you because you're able to change your perspective and be like, okay, I know how to get results, but maybe I'm not going about it the, the best way I could. Mm-hmm. Here's another way where I can be encouraging because People will always remember how they felt being around you. Mm-hmm. And they might put up with somebody that gets results that's an, a- an asshole that, you know, is a prick that doesn't care what they say because I'm going to get it done. Right? Okay, cool. And you got it done. Now what? Okay, next thing that I'm going to be an asshole in. Um, but when people look back, they always remember how they felt with mm-hmm. an interaction with you. And I think you get more out of people when they feel good being around you. Yeah. yeah. I don't, and I don't know how that's kind of lost on a lot of us. Yeah. And honestly, as, as a high achiever, so I've worked in the top like 0.02% of my entire company and still that, right? Like as I've shifted and worked from a different space, I have better relationships with my kids. I have better relationships with, our relationship has grown so much. Just those pieces are better. And I'm producing 50% more and working less. You're like, how? How? (laughs) And I'm attracting different people because of that, because that energy is different and people want to be around Mm -hmm. that type of support. And it's just, it's been amazing to watch that difference. And it's something I wrote for years that like the goal was I wanted to live in more peace and joy. And I like couldn't find that. Like, yeah, I'd love to achieve, but could <laughs> we also like feel peaceful sometimes and like enjoy my life yeah. and be happy most of the time. And I just was not running in a way that was conducive to that. And that has been one of the most beautiful outcomes is that's how I live now. And all the results are increasing. Yeah. And you can have both. You can run in this way that's different and honors and loves other people so that they have a safe space to grow too. And you attract a different community that way. You do. Yeah. And that's what you guys are aiming for. Cause I know Tom, you've mentioned this, um, but you were in, you know, counseling and, and coaching. Um, but you felt that you were falling a little short of what you could provide to people because of the systematic, sure. um, things that are in place in, in, you know, uh, mental health care and coaching as we've known it. Right. So, um, can we, can we talk about what it is, the name of what you guys are doing here? So I read the group and what program that is and how you just saw it being way more, you know, beneficial for you to proceed this way to maximize what you can provide for people. Sure. I'll let her explain kind of what the, the program is. Um, and then I can give you a little bit of background from, from my perspective, from the mental health world of, yeah. of why it was attractive for me then. Yeah. So the program is really cool. It is a six week program that we walk clients through and it has an app support that we do daily practice because I don't know how many times we've tried to create a new habit or create a new daily practice right? and it, you forget it. And then three months later, like, oh yeah, I was doing that thing. And so it creates that daily routine. But what's so fascinating to me is that the science behind it shows that at the end of those six weeks, we can show an MRI imaging in the studies that came in the um, before the program that you can see a shift in the gray matter of your brain, mm-hmm. that there's less in your hippocampus, your fight or flight zone, which is making us stressed yeah. and more in your frontal lobe. So literally you have reshaped and rewired your brain in six weeks, which to me is insane and I noticed it for me within the first few weeks. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> like, this can't be legit. Even to the point where, like, I sleep differently. Uh, We've joked about this for years. Like, 
this man can sleep. Like he lays down, he's out and he's like (laughs) out, out. And I don't sleep well. I don't get deep sleep after the program. I mean, I was getting like 20 minutes, like a good night, three to four hours of deep sleep now. Right. Like, so huge differences kind of everywhere. Mm -hmm. But so we walk people through this program to help them figure out what are their top saboteurs that are getting in our in their way because everybody's are a little different and a little yeah. unique yep, and yep. so i identify what are those for you where are they getting in your way and then how do we literally we rewire the brain to not only live differently think differently get different results to not operate in that mindset anymore so that's what makes it that lasting change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's the piece of the program that i just i think is so fascinating but we work with our clients through that six weeks to really guide them in their individual process and then as a group as well, but really learning to shift all of these places. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun to, to know, like, again, like we mentioned the fog, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun, it's scary, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good to know what your saboteurs are. Yeah. So the things that have empowered you in the past to get where you are now, but now are becoming hindrances because right. then you can actually address them. Yeah. And that's what the program does. It does. Yeah. Well, because before it, those things served you like we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. So they they were helping to get results. So surprise, surprise, one of my top ones is hyperachiever. And so you're praised for it, right? Because you're achieving all these things. But then you start to see, here's where it's affecting your relationships. Here's where it's actually sabotaging your results. Here's where it's actually taking away from what you want. And for most of our clients, it's the first time that they've seen the negative mm-hmm. of this saboteur because it's been getting them by for so long that they go, oh, this is actually creating a lot of damage in my life. And I didn't even know. And that's one of the first shifts I love to see for people. Because then from there, we're like, okay, there's there's another way. And throughout the process, we start to experience what that other way can look like. And it's just, it's incredible. Because at the beginning, you're like, I don't even know that this is legit. Like, it feels like this is too easy of a way. It should be harder, but it doesn't have to be harder. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, I think in what you were just saying too, um, and, and you mentioned earlier, kind of looking at the, the trail of destruction that's behind you, most mm-hmm. people don't reach out for help. They won't, they won't come see me in, in counseling practice until they're fully in crisis, right? They've tried yeah. everything else and then they're like, okay, everything's broken. We now, don't have healthcare. We have sick care. Right. 100%. And so one of the, the, one of the distinct differences between this and, and counseling is exactly that is, is, um, we're trying to get people before they're in their total crisis zone until, mm-hmm. you know, before they have this trail of disaster behind them, uh, where they're all these broken relationships or their addictions or whatever it is, right? Cause these saboteurs are essentially personified, uh, coping mechanisms, right? We, yeah. we, we have names for these saboteurs just to be able to identify them and be able to, to talk about them. But, but they're just, they're coping mechanisms that, that we have. And oftentimes the, the backside of those, they, they can be quite destructive. And most of the time when, when people first come to us, um, they're not quite in a full crisis mode. They're just like something's off mm-hmm. um, versus when, when I'm seeing people in private practice, it's like, I'm in the middle of a divorce, just had a, a massive affair, you know, life is completely imploding. Yeah. And it's like, well, where do we start to pick up the pieces? Just give me a parachute. At this point, they're looking for, a, they're there, they're already in free fall and they right. need your parachute on where to guide, to, to land in the, the safest 100%. place. But just imagine every, there's crocodiles over here, there's cactus over here. It's like, yeah. you're going to land somewhere rough. Right. Um, but if you can get it before you jump out of the plane, yeah. I guess that would be my analogy that I just kind of yeah. came up with. But. That's great. Well, that's, that's, I mean, so the, the reason it was attractive to me is exactly that, is that it's heartbreaking. I can't tell you how many times I've done marriage counseling uh, and, you know, we'll be three sessions in and, and both of them will look at me and be like, this would have been awesome seven years ago, yeah. right? We're so late. Uh, that that it's over, right? They're coming to counseling to check that last box and say we gave it a try, but but they're not, Whoa, right? That's it. It's literally, hey, so we can tell people that we tried counseling, right? And so they'll come to me for four or five sessions, and and you know, it's it's our it was over before they got there. And the same thing, I have I have high achieving clients um, that are very successful on the outside who are doing very well um, financially. They're doing very well socially at least on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time they come in, they're just dragging and, and heartbroken and have 
this this trail of tears behind them that they're like hey i, I got to be able to piece all this together well the stakes are so much higher right when you're a high achiever the stakes are that much higher right you you can't say i'm going to take a sabbatical from this if you're the ceo of the company or you're a professional athlete or uh, we've we've worked with physicians we work with with folks from all walks of life that they can't hit pause on this life yeah. that they built yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so we want to be able to get the tools in people's hands earlier yeah. so that one of the major differences between uh, counseling and coaching is that coaching ultimately kind of be ends up being proactive and responsive as opposed to reactive and defensive. Um, cause like I said, just the, the way that the model is set up, people don't go, Hey, everything's going great. I'm going to go see a therapist about it. No. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They don't. And, and it's hard for people in those high achieving roles because once there's a perceived chink in the armor, then everybody's like, okay, like where, you know, can we fully back this person? Can, can we count on them in the future? This and that when it's like, yeah, we all go through, everybody knows we all go through this, but it's like, if you show any sign of that, then it's like your, your, your being becomes, comes into question. Yeah. The the stigma of mental health is that, that you're broken. Right. And so you become a liability if you go and see a a therapist. Whereas if you go see a, a coach, People won't bat an eye at that, but if they go see a, if they're going to go see a therapist, we just kind of have this stigma that's attached to it, um, which is why people kind of go underground. And and part of that is everybody else's saboteurs, our our judge saboteur. When we see somebody else failing, it it makes us feel really vulnerable, and we're like, oh man, if they're getting caught, I'm going to get caught too, because we're all the emperor without clothes, right? We yeah. all have every single one of us has these saboteurs. Every single one of us has these coping mechanisms, and so when somebody gets exposed, our judge freaks out and goes, oh, am I next? Are people going to know that I'm weak too? Are people going to know that that I can't sustain this and that my deck of car or my house of cards is going to fall down too? That's it. I, I think, but uh, continuing to kind of hold yourself with some stoicism and some peace that mm. the PQ reps would get you through. Yeah. Um, and then people, and I'm speaking from my experience because, you know, I've gone through some pretty serious uh, changes in the last handful of years and people are sometimes surprised to hear about them as vocal as I am when they don't know. And they're like, you know, you're still kind of showing up to work. You're still spending time with your kids. You're still doing all of this and you've gone through that. And so like sharing my struggles, sharing where I felt inadequate, insecure, vulnerable, sharing that. But then they see that I'm still able to kind of carry up and try to promote a positive sense. They're just like, they admire that even more right. in my experience. Sure. So it's like you're able to see someone struggle and then overcome it. 100%. Then it's empowering. 100%. It is. Yeah, I was just reading a, a blog post today that was talking about when we tell our stories from our scars versus tell our stories from our wounds. And, and oftentimes... People are encouraged to tell their stories from their scars and not their wounds because it's a little sloppy if you fail in front of other people. But I I think uh, if we do it well and we know how to tell those stories well, Mm -hmm. we can speak from uh, an authentic place of saying, hey, this is my brokenness, right? We can we can achieve and we can succeed and we can still live life while being broken, right? It doesn't it doesn't have to look Instagram perfect at all times, right? The reality is parenting is hard. Marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. And anybody who's, who says otherwise is a liar, right? <laughs> and uh, anybody who, who, who thinks that your life looks like that privately behind yeah. the, the Instagram or anything else, I mean, you know that they're a liar, every single one of them. Would that be the controller or the pleaser? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I mean, It would be both. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the pleaser is a, a huge part of that for sure. But yeah, it's Guilty. yeah. A huge part of it is, hey, we want this persona out here. We want this mask that's out here. But like I said, we're all the emperor without no clothes, right? We we every one of us has that. So it it is kind of baffling to me that we pretend like we don't, right? That we <laughs> we're that fragile, and that we're like we won't say it out loud. Though is is uh, it's a really interesting thing that human beings do. Is hey, I'm all put together. I have everything all all tied up in a bow here it is and and we present ourselves in that way yeah i mean that's how i've always viewed the world (laughs) 
you know, and it's like the more I've, I've been open about my shortcomings, like everybody else opens up and I'm like, thank you for that yeah. because now I feel, I feel better in my situation 100%. and I've taken some of your advice. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your vulnerability gives me courage to be vulnerable. Right. And vice versa. When, when we show that, Hey, you can be vulnerable and you can be real and you can be authentic without being destroyed. That's a powerful message that we're sending to each other. Yeah. And so it, it creates this safety within community where it's like, oh, we can be, we can be real here, right? Yeah. And that's that's all we really want, right? We want to be real, and be accepted, and that's 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 kind of what the primary lie of all of our judges is: is hey, if people found out the truth, mm-hmm. if people really knew, right? If people really knew what you were like when the camera's off, or people really knew what you were like when when you're not filming then they wouldn't love you, then they wouldn't accept you. That's like the biggest lie of all the saboteurs is that, you know, yes, yes, they all say that. Yes, they all do. But like for real, when you are authentic and when you are uh, vulnerable in front of other people, they go, oh, I can can be real. I can, I can. And this is why I choose to do my podcast the way I do. There's no edits. Yeah. Unless you seriously flub up and you want me to remove something. (laughs) I've removed like one or two things here or there. We're like, hey, that might bury me. Okay, dude. But <laughs> I, I try on my end just to provide the most, you know, open, um, you know, disc- we're just open for discourse. Like wh- how, wherever yeah. it goes, however it goes. And I think uh, that speaks to me is the, seeing the authenticity. You know, it's not edited in a certain way where I want it to be perceived. It's here's, here's a clean intro. Here's a clean outro. Everything else is take it as is. All our mistakes, all our flubs. It's all out there because I think the, that authenticity speaks volumes to people. It's like this person isn't scared to really show us, you know, their true selves. So I can be more open with that person because I might be more understood. And that's the beauty of this program because you think everybody is judging you and we are the fact is we are we judge ourselves all the time but that is the main thing that this program addresses is recognize that and now instead of speaking that i'm judging no do it in the other other voice right that there's something in me that's bringing it out Mm. and this group there's a group there because we talked about community you you mentioned community Mm -hmm. they're in the app there's a whole community that you can go back and forth. And the main goal is to provide empathy. That's where we come from is empathy. Yeah. So like whatever you're scared of, like oh, I'm going to be judged. Listen, we all know we're judging each other. Okay. But we're yeah. moving past and we're trying to see ourselves from, and from a point of understanding. And mm-hmm. that's the goal is everybody. Oh, that's my, that's the point I want to make re, uh, recently. Um, I think, uh, now, I'll workshop this with you, Tom, because I know you're good at this, but I think uh, happiness in life is being understood. Mm. True peace in life is not caring if you're understood. Mm. So we all want to be understood, but it gets to the point where it's, you know what, I'm just going to live my truth. And that's, that could be a sloppy slogan for people these days, but I'm going to live my truth. And if, if I'm understood, cool, then I got people in my corner. And if not, I'm not then I'm okay with that too. And I'm going to continue just moving along with, um, you know, how I'm choosing to live my life without hurting others, obviously. Yeah. And no, that's huge. And when you talk about the judge, like that's so, I don't think we're aware of how loud it is in our brains Very. or how dominant it is. When you first start noticing it, you're like, Oh, cause it's, I judge self others and circumstances. And so you start to see it everywhere. Like mm-hmm. you're judging all these little tiny things you didn't even like pay attention to before. But in that, what I started to notice is where I thought everyone was judging me, when I was able to shift into sage and and operate in more of that peace of mind, that place, the noise all got really quiet. And I realized all that judging was in my own head. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even from other people. It was my assumption of what they were thinking, think, looking at, like whatever that face meant. It's coming from my own brain. And then we've watched it be with, you know, in relationships too, where in marriages, in parenting, where we've seen it overflow in these areas. And you think that comment meant X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Like I've seen this with my own kids. They get mad. Somebody said something and I'm like, that's not even, wasn't even a thing. Like you heard that judgmentally. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't what that was. Mm -hmm. And how much of that pain and pressure and um, misery 
is self-inflicted. That's coming from that very loud judge that is trying to protect us, right? But it's not doing a great job. It's really not. It's not doing it in a healthy way that's that's allowing us to feel peace. That's allowing us to feel happiness. So one of the things I loved seeing is that like 85% of our clients show an increase in happiness. Like isn't that part of what we're all looking for is feeling that peace. But then that, like you said before, the peace of, and if I'm not understood... It's okay. That's okay. The saboteurs are kind of like a contagion. And so like if somebody's super riled up in theirs, it can trigger it in you. And so we're all walking around triggering each other. But the reverse works as well. So if we're operating in that place of peace in the sage, we're triggering that in other people. And I watch it just shift people. And if we walked around like that, what impact that could have on our world to not be triggered like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I view myself as such a, a, a logical and reasonable thinker. And I think that's one of the saboteurs, right? Is, is uh, Hyper-rational. Hyper-rational, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm rational. Yeah, well, obviously this makes sense. So <laughs> they took it this way because I would have. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a big realization I took when I went to a concert and I had some, <laughs> I had some drugs. Um, but it was making me really paranoid. Not paranoid. Um, judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. I was like, why? I do not like this. I'm not going to take it again because I'm judging everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I had a light bulb moment where it's like, oh, wait, wait, but I'm not judging them per se. I'm what, what I'm doing some mental gymnastics, gymnastics in here because I'm like, if I was them, if I was in that situation, if I was on stage right now, if I was playing this instrument, if I was, if that was me, I would feel this way. So then I'm thinking that they're feeling that way. And it's like, no, they're probably up there having the best time of their life or they might be doing that but anyways my thoughts was oh my god they probably feel this way this way and then i was like i don't like this because i'm just judging everybody and then i was like oh wait no i am judging myself if i was them with my experience and Mm. and that's my rational mind where it's like oh they're taking it this way and that's where we need to step back and actually communicate and just say hey i took it this way or i thought maybe you felt this way can you yeah help me understand which is another quote that i i, I want to write about it's um i think it's a it's the most open and honest way to get somebody's dedicated attention and and allow them to speak from a point of empathy yeah you know what i i i I believe you're passionate about what you're talking about. Can you help me understand it? Because I still don't, I don't get it. Can you help me understand? Because we want to be understood and we love to help people. Let me get you to my point. There's nothing better for a hyper rational person (laughs) to be like, oh, you want to know exactly how I think? Yeah, beautiful. (laughs) Let's go. You know, and it's like you would open up so many doors. And at the end of the day, at the end of it, you don't have to agree with the person, Mm -hmm. but at least you understand where they're coming from. And again, my happiness is from maybe being understood. So maybe they leave there feeling great of that interaction with you because, hey, this person took a moment to try and understand me. Yeah. But you can't do that when you are so triggered, when your saboteurs and your judge are so loud. Yeah. You can't step into that space. What you're what you're describing is being in that sage space. And so if well, you're I'm all... six weeks into this program, so that makes sense why all these thoughts are coming right? in. Right? So all, all of these, these, when you're triggered that way, you, you can't cause you're protecting yourself. Yeah. And part of that judgment piece too, is like, if I can judge that you are maybe not doing as great, then I don't feel quite so off, right? Like, yeah. well, I'm doing better than you. So at least that, yeah. right. It makes yeah. us feel safe, secure. Like maybe we're not all falling apart, but when we can do that shift into Sage, then we can actually say that we can actually say, help me, tell me where you're coming from. Tell me what you meant by that. Like, help me understand. We can say that, which think about that in every conflict at work with your significant others, Mm -hmm. with your Mm -hmm. kid, like how that would shift everything. But our brains won't let us go there if we're in this fight or flight mode. Yeah. And so it makes that huge of a difference. When you call into customer service anywhere, right? What's the first line they always spit out after you tell them your problem? I can understand why that's yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. I could under, I could see that. I'm sorry you're going through. The, the first thing is to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you have a moment where somebody's boom, be like, "Yo, I can understand why you're why you're reacting this way. You're you're angry. You're whatever it is." And that's like the big first diffusing moment opportunity that you have. Yeah, and is to say, 
I understand. I can empathize, sympathize. I don't know what the word is here. Professional empathize. Empathize. Can you break it down for me real quick? Can we break off this? What is the difference between sympathize and empathize? (laughs) Sympathize is when you are feeling for somebody else. Empathize is when you're feeling with somebody else. Uh So you're kind of what you're starting to do when you're thinking about how you would feel in that circumstance. You are getting in touch with something within yourself and, and trying to feel along with uh, what the other person is feeling when when you are empathizing but but part of it is when we empathize um, it's it's an open posture that has that curiosity that you're describing so when we empathize with other people we're we're open to their experience mm-hmm. as opposed to judging what their experience must be because we would feel that way if we are in that circumstance or whatever it is but it's, it's a curiosity that asks the question what is it that they're feeling and then trying to dig down and be able to, to um, explore it with them. So that's one of the, the greatest things about Sage is that it has this, this curiosity that, that um, is free to walk in and just kind of discover, right? If you think of, there was a time when science uh, was about discovery. It was about finding something new. And if you were wrong, you celebrated it because you were discovering something new, right? Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. there was the there was a a certain curiosity and openness, uh, as opposed to I'm I'm science and so I'm right and and we're going to find what we're looking for, right? It, it had this very open, excited, childlike kind of we're we're in awe when we find things yeah. out, and so I, I think of that when when people f- find out that they're wrong. You'll know if they're in sage or if they're in judge because if they're happy that they were wrong, right? If they're excited about the new discovery, that's sage. If they are uh, ashamed that they were wrong, that's their judge. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the same thing when we're when we're empathizing with other people, it's it's just it's a a pure curiosity, a childlike discovery that we're looking for um, what the other person is experiencing. And we're trying to experience that along with them. So we're just kind of on a, on a free journey as observers, as opposed to, uh, there to solve the problem and make sure everything's fixed and everything's bundled up and has a nice bow on it. It's allowing things to be. Yeah. That's amazing. Can, are you guys comfortable with talking about how it's been beneficial to you as a couple? Since sure. there'd be yeah. people interested, I'm sure yeah. that are couples. And also it's like, what if one partner isn't ready? Because it's scary to address your judges. Mm-hmm. You know, once you, I have to, because again, if you don't know, if you can't pinpoint it, then you're kind of neglecting the issue. Well, I don't really know what to do. But once right. you start the program and you can, you you see what it is, then, then there's no excuse without proceeding. So like, uh, maybe if you can touch on like, how would you recommend to maybe if one partner is really down to try it and the other partner maybe getting them on board to yeah. at least take the, the questionnaire, right? The questionnaire is pretty quick and easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the assessment that we have on the website. Um, so I'll, I'll start with that second question, then you can jump in a little bit on, on relationally. Um, in, any, in any relationship that you're in, if, whether <laughs> I like that. You're like, you talk about the relationship. You talk about that. So I don't flub anything up. Right. You, you tell them. You tell them the truth. The, uh, in any relationship that you're in, whether it's with your, your family, with your partner, um, you're part of a system. And so if there's a shift in the system, even if, one, if, even if you only have one willing participant, although it might be a, an uphill battle, yeah. one person is enough to make a difference. And so... Uh, and family counseling, we call that the identified patient, right? Usually it'll be, hey, Johnny's got an alcohol problem. Let's send him to the counselor and the whole family is, you know, out here doing their thing. The problem is that Johnny's alcoholism is probably just a, a symptom of a, of a broken system. Um, and so we could pull any, any one member out of that family because there's going to be the, the quote unquote enabler that's, that's in there. There's going to be all these other pieces within the system. You could pull any one of them, make them the identified patient. And if they get healthy, um, if somebody truly gets healthy, if they, if they're operating in SAGE, it forces other people mm-hmm. to change or the system, ha- the, the system has to develop in some way yeah. to, to adjust to that, that new data that's in it. So for us, our kids aren't in the program, but because we're healthier individuals and because we're healthier in our relationship, our kids are behaving 
better without even going through the program, right? Yeah. Because we've made adjustments because yep. I'm managing my emotional reality. My kids are automatically doing better because we've made a change in the system itself. So from a, from a couple standpoint, if one person, um, oftentimes in, in marriage counseling, people could say, if my wife changes, then I would be fine. Or if my husband would just do X, then I would be good. That's the problem, right? That's just one symptom of the problem. The relationship's what's broken. So it doesn't matter who decides to change. As long as somebody changes the dance, the other person's gonna gonna make the adjustments or the or the relationship can't sustain it. It that's the way that systems work. Yeah. So that's a long-winded way to say that if if one person makes the change and it doesn't matter who the other person's going to be learning vicariously anyway. Yeah. Even if they never take the assessment, even if they never sign up to do it. The nice thing about uh, doing it together and, and having two willing participants is then you have a common language to talk about. I, and and I'll, I'll let Steph jump in, but that's that's one of the things that's been remarkable for me is that we have this language um, where we can identify, I, I could be in the middle of something, go, oh my gosh, that's my judge. Mm-hmm. The lie that my judge is saying is X and she can go, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about when you, when you talk about your judge. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and we've had both, um, versions of that couple come through our program. People have done it together. People have one spouse has done it. Um, I actually did it first. Um, and then he came along afterwards, not cause he wasn't willing, just the timing was that I did it first. Um, but that joint language has been huge. I mean, honestly, we are very, um, we're very passionate people. And so I know couples that I'm like, do you guys fight? Like, I don't know if that's a thing for you. You're both so like calm and chill and peaceful. And so that has been one of probably the biggest things that I've seen is that we just don't, we just, we just communicate differently. And even when we're triggered, I had a something going on in business recently. And I think that's an important piece about this learning process is that you're never arrived right? Like you're not going to be fixed. You're still going to be triggered, but maybe triggered less. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're, we talk about being kind of like black belt level, right? It takes more to actually trigger you. But I had a big thing happen recently and I was just kind of really stressed about it. And he said, he was like, I, your judge is really loud right now. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how to interact with that. And I was like, you know what? It is. I know it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm working on it. But what could have turned into a big issue. Yep. Yep became this languaging of, I see you're triggered. I'm like, I see I'm triggered too. And I'm trying, I'm doing my best, but just give me a minute. And it just, it wasn't about us anymore. It wasn't about somebody was stressed. There was a tone. It it just wasn't any of that. It was, I see you. Yeah, I see it too. And we're shifting. Yeah. So that's been huge. So, so when you say it's like, we don't fight, you know, in people's minds, fighting is even just disagreeing. So it's not like you guys don't have your, Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) We're we're very different people, but, but our, our disagreements, I don't know that we've had an argument. No. Uh, since this year. I mean, honestly, in, in the entire year, um, because, when you use that common language, it externalizes the problem and then the judge is the problem. She's not the problem, it's the judge. And so I don't say your judge is, is acting away. I usually will use a, a, a language like, I'm curious if your judge, um, if your judge is kind of that is so heated good, up right now. And that very well could have been the way that I heard it, right? Like he's really good at being very intentional with his words. And then even a little bit of my judge is still there, right? But I'm able to step, like you said, put it outside. Right. And it's not between us anymore. It's the judges out here. Yeah, then, it, then it becomes uh, an act of, of empathy with each other. Then you're wrestling with the problem, right? So we still have we still have stresses and we still have stresses in the other person, right? I still have a, a, a way... That, that I live within my home. I behave a certain way. I want things a certain way. I like yeah. things a certain I have preferences just as, as she does. And so it, the conversation changes to where we're actually talking about uh, we're on the same wavelength, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you're communicating from, from that lower level part of your brain, you're actually you're talking on two different levels. You're talking on your... your feeling on your emotional level and you're talking about rational things right you're talking about your 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 rational mind yeah you could be 100 percent right with the information 
but but the emotional data that you're sending is in a completely different place. What <laughs> yes. this does is it puts you on the same channel, right? So it's, yeah. it's like it, rather than being on, I'm on channel one and she's on channel two on the walkie-talkie, we're both on the same channel and we can empathize with that because it's not like uh, the hyper-rational loves to just be right, loves to have the facts and figures. But this isn't about the facts and figures. This isn't about the that. This is about the experience that you have in relation to those facts and mm -hmm, figures, mm -hmm. right? So that's so many arguments are just that, right? So many yeah. arguments are just, we're, we're on two different channels. She's just saying, hey, can you empathize with how I'm experiencing those facts and figures? Not, I disagree with you about the facts and figures. Yeah. So I, I think that's the biggest piece is that, that it gets you to be on the same channel to where you're, you're conversing in the same language as opposed to just being two ships that are passing each other. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because there's that... I think quote in like, um, like family therapy and couples counseling, it's like, do you want to be right? right? Or do you, or are you, is that all you want to do? Is that all right. you want out of this is I just want to, I want, I want somebody to tell me I'm right. I want her to, or him to be like, um, you're, yeah, you're right. But that doesn't accomplish anything mm -hmm. if, right. if you guys are on two different levels. Right. You're going to be, you're going to be sitting all alone with your arms crossed and be like, yeah, I was right. I I'm pretty lonely, but I was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could go to the grave that way if you want. Mm -hmm. Be right or be in relationship. Those are your options. <laughs> but I love that with this, I mean, we, we are learners, studiers. I mean, especially being in the field that he's in, like we have read so much with marriage and parenting and personal growth and all of it. And what I have seen is a bigger shift in all of those areas in the process of doing the program than in 20 years of reading, mm -hmm. learning all of those other things, because you can't even apply any of that stuff. If you're so triggered, you can't shift into that, that sage perspective. Mm -hmm. And we've watched it, like you said, with our kids too. I mean, I watched that we just parent completely differently and things that were triggers for me that I could see maybe in the long term would have not nurtured healthy adult relationships with our kids. Yeah. I'm now able to shift in a different perspective and let go of that. So controller is another one of my big ones, right? So my kids like shifting into that space where I don't need to control that. I don't need to be in charge of that. You can do that thing however you need to do it and it's okay. And providing the space for them to learn and grow just shifts. Like you said, their behavior is different. So our entire house functions differently all of our important relationships by doing this program and having these shifts more than anything else we've read or learned, which has been crazy and really cool. Because the biggest thing is just to be an example for someone. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you can't reach them and you can't, you know, provide, I experience that all the time with people that comment on my, you know, posts online where it's like, do you, like, you know, we haven't communicated, but you know, you, you're, what you're doing is a great example. What mm -hmm. you're doing is, is, trying to learn and grow and you know might not be doing the best job of communicating a lot of that but mm -hmm. just alone for what I choose to share what I'm partaking in like people see that and they're like okay well now I'm curious now give me some more information about this like how are you where you are yeah. in this mental headspace and actually now I think about it like a lot of those things a lot of these you know changes I, I I've always felt like I've always been on this on the um, the um what's the word not the saboteur but the i'm drawing a blank on the name again um your your empathy side oh the sage the sage, the sage mm -hmm. yeah the sage i i always felt like i've always operated from that realm but also not giving me enough uh credit to not be the pleaser all the time and so i i always felt like i've been in that headspace just as is anyways because i always could like okay i can you know, rationalize with this person, this and that. But I, what it's allowed me to do is be like, okay, my pleaser's a little too strong. I need to set adequate boundaries and vocalize things I'm not okay with. And that that also strengthens relationships because yeah. people know your boundaries. They know where, okay, this is this is where he's at. This is where we can get them to. And then they know how to, everybody knows how to operate around you at that point um, because you're more communicative with exactly how you feel instead of just being like okay yeah i'm cool with that yeah when i'm really not yeah right? you know well and it shifts how you interact with difficult people in any part of your life mm -hmm. right whether they're in core family or work environments or extended families or places that way it just shifts your your ability to not be quite so triggered by them right like we all have those people in our lives that mm -hmm. we're just like that's stressful or we get all 
trigger just being in their space. And when you can shift how you show up there, that impact's not there anymore. Yeah. That, that, um, the dysfunction might still be there, but maybe the impact on ourselves yeah. is not there quite so much. And I'd say it's, it's reduced too. What's what the, the sad reality is that oftentimes our coping mechanisms around people that were uncomfortable produce a lot of the behaviors in that person that's making us uncomfortable. It becomes yeah. the cyclical thing yes. that's feeding into it. Yeah. So I've found that when I'm managing a little bit better my own emotional reality, when I'm when I'm more self-aware and I'm more empathetic, other people's guards are dropping around me for, for a variety of reasons, right? There's all kinds of scientific reasons for it, but but experientially, their behaviors that were driving me crazy reduce. And so the same thing that spirals out of control starts to wind back down the other way. So that that's a that's a two-way staircase that we can either rein it in or we can we can go out of bounds with it, right? And so what's what's crazy about it is they don't have to know what I'm doing. They don't have to know about the program. They don't have to be doing any kind of self-care. They don't have to be doing any improvement. Good chance if I'm healthier and I have good boundaries around them, their saboteurs are going to be reduced also because mm -hmm. their their behaviors are also their saboteurs just like my behaviors are my saboteurs and so that that's one of the wild things is it becomes it becomes like this masterful jujitsu sort of move that's around people as opposed to just pushing and pushing and, and using all of our strength to push back against the conflicts in our life we actually kind of pull them in and use that energy in a completely different way. I mean, it, it legitimately is, it reminds me of emotional jujitsu. It's what I'm always picturing. And, and it's not even that I'm like intentionally trying to manipulate. It's just that, hey, when I'm a healthier, better version of myself, other people start to show up in healthier, better ways. Mm -hmm. So, it, I mean, even at work, some of the people that I have the, the biggest conflict with, I feel better and they're behaving better. So it's a win-win either way. Yeah, emotional jujitsu is a great visual visualizer for me because I do picture like when you're rolling and you're flowing with somebody and you're having these this this kind of discussion back and forth, and then you get tapped out, mm. and you have to tap because you know what they not that they got you but you know they they viewed a hole or something that they could capitalize on sure. that you were missing. And so you tap and then you sit back and you're like, okay, hey, what did you do here? Oh, well, I saw you did this. You left your arm out. You okay. left your neck exposed. I, mm -hmm. I hooked here and I was able to kind of come in and your hyper rational mind was, wasn't allowing you to see this hole here. Right. Now you can because I capitalized on it and now you could learn from it and not make that mistake again or, or, or be less likely to. Right. Which is, well, so that's what happens when we were talking about like conflict that we would have in our relationship is exactly that is that there comes a point where you're like, oh, I had that wrong. Mm. But because you're in sage, because you're not in that, that amygdala fight or flight, got to protect myself, got to protect my ego. You're in this curious state where you go, I was wrong, but I also have an opportunity to learn something from it. And so because you kind of drop into that, there is a point where you're like, where you're much more willing to tap out, right? You're much more willing to say, I, I think I had that wrong. I think I had the information wrong. I think I had that information twisted, or I think that I was trying to, to protect myself, right? Because this, this literally what's happening in our brains is fight or flight. Our brains don't know any different, right? If, if a bear comes around a corner uh, our amygdala is going to light up and it's going to make our, our blood pressure go up and our pulse is going to go and our, our muscles are going to become engorged with blood and our we're going to get ready to fight the bear, right? Yep. Our brain is telling us fight or flight. The same process happens when when we're having an argument, when you're having a disagreement with somebody. When your amygdala turns on, your brain doesn't know the difference between physical danger and emotional danger because as far as your brain is concerned, your brain's only job is to keep you alive, keep you alive from the bear or to protect your ego, right? If it's, if it's keeping your ego alive, your brain still goes into full fight or flight, protect at all costs. But this is saying, hey, I'm, I'm not in physical danger of dying. My ego is not in danger of dying. You shift into this other place of just curiosity. And so one of the, one of the crazy things about it is you might not win as many arguments, but 
you'll have a whole lot more peace about it and then you'll you'll learn something more you'll be in a in a better place yeah. at the end of the day because it's not about the argument right it's about the the learning something new which is what's remarkable about the relational piece of it yeah and there is that those systems are in place our body is meant to react that way and when you're not being chased by a bear or a tiger anymore you your body still needs to release those chemicals right and it mm-hmm. still has these processes so it'll knock down until well what's the most intensive thing that you have to deal with in a day oh traffic yeah so i'm a road rage <laughs> all the time because that's that's your heightened level but that could speak to you know, the, the physical endurance that, you know, you put yourself, I mean, you've been a madman this year, but that you can do right is like really test yourself, really purposely stress your body in itself. So it deals with these heightened levels of that time when it needs the the adrenaline, the fight or flight response, you know, maybe take a jujitsu class, karate class, something that kind of puts you in that realm. So then when you, when you have an argument and your, your partner or a coworker comes at you like super sideways and is like very aggressive, that's not the worst thing happening to you. Mm -hmm. So then you're not like at a a thousand percent of like, I got to defend myself. Then you can kind of maybe mentally or verbally spar with them a little bit and kind of see where, where you're at and then see how to, how to um, not attack, but like how to come back and approach it from the sage perspective. Yeah. And and that's what the whole, that's the whole point, right? The whole six weeks is, is an intensive boot camp of doing this mental fitness, right? So that you can practice and build those neural pathways so that when the the stuff hits the fan, right? When things get hard, your brain isn't just going to automatically go straight to this fight or flight. It, it, it's, we've literally put new neural pathways there to say, hey, there's other alternatives to respond to this crisis, to yeah. this difficult circumstance. So, so doing the PQ reps is no different than going to the gym and working our body for when the crisis happens. Because the, the reality is somebody's going to cut you off. It's right? going to happen. You're going to hit traffic. And so if you don't want to end up in, on the side of the road dragging somebody out of the window and, and having some, some legal consequences, right? Our jails are full of people yeah. who don't know how to manage that system. They yeah. never learned how to uh, respond from SAGE. They only respond from their saboteurs, 100%. That's what jail is, is people that operate from their saboteurs. The program is do some some of the fitness, the mental fitness now before crisis yeah. arrives so that you have the strength and the ability and the wherewithal when you are entered into the test yeah to, and all we're doing is hedging our bets there's mm-hmm. no guarantees sure. there's never a guarantee but all you're trying to do is be able to stack the deck in your favor so when you are you know you come to the crossroads at these moments you're better equipped yeah, yeah. and that's all you know for is just right. to be better equipped and that's what we tell people in the first couple of weeks of the program the the first two or three weeks is your awareness is just lit up and you're like oh my gosh i never even saw that but we have so <laughs> many clients that are like well now what now i have this awareness of it and i tell them hey look you'll have this kind of retroactive perspective where you look back and go oh i see what happened there eventually that gap closes down to where you say i see what's happening now oh, yeah. and then you can change it right that's where the practice comes in because it's it's really useful two days later to be like oh my gosh that was my saboteur right mm-hmm. but but two days later is too late yeah. right so the more that you practice and the more that you start to to develop the your sage and and have your sage response then it becomes in the immediate you go oh that's my i know what that is i know what that feels like and you you can you can feel it in your body you know that you went into your fight or flight you know that you've been triggered and you can respond in a different way so we can be in the middle of you know 10 seconds into a disagreement and go oh wait my my judge is going crazy right now i need a minute right yeah, yeah. it'll literally be like hard stop and turn be like, yeah, we're going a different direction now. That's not what we we're trying to do. But what's that that saying that says you fall to your level of training, not your level of intention? Something right. to that oh, effect, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. level of expectations. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're falling to that level of training. So when you hit that triggering, you go into where are the muscles I have now. So the training is before. So that when those things, when just regular life, which is stressful, comes at you, you have a different way of coping. And we have so many clients, I think it's something we hear a lot that 
when they're looking at the program, they're like, well, I just don't have any time. Like, I'm so busy. Like, I don't have any time. And we're, we keep trying to explain it is like this, like, matrix moment. You know when somebody, like, shoots the gun in the movie and they, like, slowly spiral back? Yep, like, that situation. Yep. Like, that's what's happening is that suddenly time slows. And you feel like you have more time. And you feel like it just does this really cool thing that it multiplies your time and becomes in all of these places, you feel like you're working less, you're feeling less stressed, your your relationships, your job, your, all those things are not taking the same energy they used to. Mm-hmm. And it's shifting all of this so that you have these muscles there to fall to that level of training yeah. when you need it, which is just cool. Well, we mentioned all these cool things. Mm-hmm. And I know we, I think we, I don't, my clock, my watch died. Oh, work close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let's, before we forget, we had to rush <laughs> off. Um, how can people, um, get involved in the program? What would be the quickest, easiest way to get direct to you guys? Okay. Quickest, easiest way. So we do have the assessment that, that you can take. Um, we would love though to be able to walk people through that piece because I think there's a lot of insight that's available to how might this fit you? How might this fit your life and really kind of customize that piece? Yeah. So I would say shoot us an email, um, at info at aretegroupaz.com. So arete is R-A-R-E-T-E, group.az. No, I can't say it right. Info <laughs> at aretegroupaz.com. Um, and that would be the best way. We can set up just a free session to kind of talk through, does this fit for you? And if it does, great. And if not, that's okay. But then come check it out and see those insights we're talking about. Like, what are my actual saboteurs? Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. is the impact it's really having on my life? And then see kind of how we can partner from there on out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, and that assessment is available to everyone. And, mm-hmm. and there's lots of people who are, uh, you know, we work with ready right now people, and some people aren't ready right now, and that's totally okay. But we still encourage them to go take the assessment uh, so that when they are ready, they can jump into it. We'll, we'll be more than happy to give feedback on uh, their assessment results and be able to say, um, you know, here's some, some basic information that you can have. Um, of course, the the program is going to be where the, the most benefits are because, again, the awareness is one piece of it. The practice is what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, but we'd still love for people to be able to just we, – we love being able to share the information with people um, even if they're not ready right now. Yeah. So yeah. We, we do encourage people to be able to do that, and we'd be more than happy to answer questions um, at that email address. Um, and the, the website's the same. It's just aretegroupaz.com. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, the name, does the name signify anything? It does. Yeah. Arete means excellence. Uh, and so the kind of a conversation that we've had our entire marriage, mm-hmm. um, is the pursuit of excellence rather than perfection, right? We're both high achieving people. Uh, we both have kind of perfectionistic tendencies, which mm-hmm. have not served us well. Mm-hmm. And so we have reframed our perfectionism into, excellence that is beautiful uh, and excellence as a as a daily practice it's the pursuit of of something as opposed to the arrival somewhere and so it's damn it's, it that is so good because <laughs> it's like you 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 excellence and perfection in my mind kind of hold very similar sure you know uh results i guess or like outcomes yeah Except that the perfection one is just the one that will never, yeah. you'll never accomplish that. But you know what? You can always do excellent work and that varies on the season of your life. Of right. This, like all of that. Right. It, it all varies. But if you aim for perfection, yeah. you're just, you're guaranteed that your judge is going to come out of that saboteur is going to come out 100%. and just, and excellence is a different point, right? I, I hiked the Grand Canyon on Saturday. So my, my workout last night was not to the same level it was last Sunday, yeah. but I gave excellence in both. Yes. I gave the same amount of effort, but yeah. the results were different on both Sundays because the situation and the circumstances on the preceding Saturday, right? So I practiced the virtue of excellence in both cases, mm-hmm. but I didn't hit perfection. I didn't have uh, my my record-setting day yesterday, right? Because I was I was fatigued, and so I listened to my body, and I hit what was excellent for that day. Um, and that's that's the difference, right? It's the practice of the virtue of excellence. And and arete comes from the philosophy that that it is a uh, that it is a virtue, that it is a daily practice that we can have excellence. And all the things that we do is that we draw out the best that we have available right then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think there's another piece to it being 
there can be that striving, that forcing, like that vision of excellence, like I got to go be this thing. And it's really more about the resting in who you are and the amazingness that is built there into that. We talk about that childhood picture piece mm-hmm, and the practice, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Of being able to come back and just be who you are and operate out of that. And that's excellence. Yeah. It's not a doing, striving, forcing thing we're trying to do every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People need to keep in mind you're talking to a bunch of hyper achievers here. I know, right? Like, not that, because that sometimes that's triggering for me, because I'm like, oh, that means I'm not doing enough. I got to go yeah. run faster. I got to go. And it's not that. It's. Thank you for saying that, Steph. It's yeah. just, we breathe and we show up as us. Yeah, that's good. That's your best, is that authentic self. Mm hmm. And that's who your best is. And that person is growing. And today, that person is exactly who they need to be. Nobody else. Tomorrow might be different. But today, you are enough. And you don't need to be anyone else. Show up as that. And that's excellence. And then that journey, that growth, we're continually growing and learning and and getting better or more in touch with who we really are and operating in that more often than the other version. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's that excellence. Perfectly said. Mm. How are we on time? Because I know we got a meeting. We do. We got a it's coaching time. call. <laughs> it's time. It's yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. Beautiful. That's how we do it here, yeah. guys. We roll from one thing into the next. <laughs> um, please follow Arete Group mm. on Instagram. Send them an email and um, hope you enjoyed. Uh, mm. I kind of want to do this again, guys. For sure. That'd be awesome. All right. Adios. Y'all know the chance.